Welcome to Redeemer's Church Weekly Message Podcast, where our mission is simple. We are a church that is passionate about loving God and loving people. And now, we hope you enjoyed this week's message this morning, by Pastor Caleb Schaefer. we are Schaefer. beginning a series on prayer and fasting. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Uh, we're going to look at uh, verses 14 through 21. 14 through 21. Let me give you a little bit of context for this passage. If you're there, say I'm there. How many of your New Year's resolution was to bring your Bible to church? Nobody. Okay, cool. You're like, I'll just look at the screen. Matthew chapter 17, Peter, James, and John have recently seen Jesus transform right in front of their eyes on the Mount of Transfiguration. A day or a couple of days later, they come back down the mountain, and at the base of the mountain is a crowd that has gathered, evidently waiting for Jesus and Peter, James, and John to come back down the mountain. And a day, and so in chapter 17, verse 14, it says, when they came to the crowd, that's they, is Jesus, Peter, James, and John. A man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him, and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and is very ill. Now, that's pretty normal for all teenage sons. <laughs> it was a joke. My gosh. You guys are acting like it's freezing outside. Can you laugh? Jeez. He's a lunatic and is very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. Okay, that's, that's, that's above and beyond the teenage lunacy of, of boys. That's, that's crazy. He's falling into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered, I think the King James starts with an O. So Jesus is lamenting, you unbelieving and perverted generation. That's a rebuke. How long shall I be with you? In other words, how long shall I tolerate you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Now, those disciples, obviously that's not Peter, James, and John. These are another group of disciples that they brought this young man to. And so after all of that takes place, they pull Jesus to the side privately, like, hey, can you kind of fill us in on the secret here? What, what, what was going on? The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? Why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus says in verse 20, because of the littleness of your faith. For I truly say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, let's stop right there. Do you know how big a mustard seed is? It's so tiny. So he's basically saying your faith is smaller than a mustard seed. If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed and you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. Verse 21. But this kind, say this kind, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. 
This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. This kind doesn't get kicked out except by prayer and fasting. It's the, it's the potent power of both. doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. If you had like a, a, a and I, if you wanted to write a title down for this morning, you could, tie, t- you could write the, the title for the sermon, The Missing Ingredient. The Missing Ingredient. So let's talk about fasting before we do. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you that where two or more are gathered, we are in your midst. God, as we lift you up, I pray that all would be drawn to you. God, I pray that you would speak to those that are in this room today and those that are watching online. Immerse us in your love. Fill us with your spirit. Put a fire under us. As Pastor Dwight said, that this season, this time that we're in, would produce such a passion for you, Lord. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just start really practically because... I don't know about you, but I cannot believe that it is January 14th already. Like, 14 days have disappeared like David Copperfield was a magician. Just gone. And with 14 days, if if this year feels like these 14 days, things are going to go so quick. But I want to start out just a little bit practically by talking about different ways that uh, we can fast. Let, let's, just, let's just acknowledge maybe a, an elephant in the room. How many of you that the 21 days of prayer and fasting just, just snuck up on you? Anybody? Yeah, my wife. Thanks for being honest. <laughs> Grant. Okay, awesome. It, it, it's gone so fast. Now, we've been advertising this in December, but it came so quickly. So I want to talk about, hopefully you're not in the place where you haven't decided on what you're going to fast. But if you have, it's no big deal. I want to talk a little bit about a couple of different types of fasts that you can take. Number one, you can do a selective food fast. Okay, this is removing certain foods from your, or elements from your diet. Okay, so like you can do the like, uh, no uh, sugar, no alcohol, no caffeine, candy sweets, bread, no carbs. It could be anything. Okay, so you can do a selective food fast. All right, number two. You can do a complete fast. That's removing all food and drinking liquids only. This is what Jesus did in the wilderness. Uh, I would not advise that unless you speak to a doctor because that, that is extreme. Though people have done 21 days, some people have done 40 days. I mean, it's certainly possible. By the way, that absolutely is one of the most healthy things you can actually do for your body. It's, it's amazing the miracles that take place in your body when you do a, a 21 day or, or extended fast. Uh, number three, you can do a partial fast, which is like time based, where you choose not to eat within certain hours. This is totally trending right now, but not for spiritual reasons, but physical reasons, where people are doing intermittent fasting. That's what that is. It's choosing not to eat within certain hours. So you can do that. You can 
do a soul fast. I think this is a big one. You can fast anything besides food from your life that is actually getting between you and Jesus. I would argue that this fast is incredibly meaningful because there are so many things that get between you and God. Uh, we know that our cell phones are like a, 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 an appendage. They're a pot, part of our body. Fasting your phone could be an incredibly meaningful thing that you do. It's a soul fast. You can, you can fast certain relationships. Hopefully that's not your husband or wife or spouse. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but you can fast toxic things in your life. Some, somebody could fast the news. You know, your emotions just get so caught up on it every single, every day on, on so many different crazy things that are taking place. So you can do a soul fast. And then lastly, you can fast fasting altogether, which is pretty much what we are already doing. I, I was asking Jason last week, what are you fasting? He said, I'm fasting fasting. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, cool. Okay, so why are we doing 21 days of prayer and fasting? When we, when we consider this question, there's a couple things practically that I want you to keep in mind. Number one, what you choose to fast is between you and Jesus. Okay? It does not matter to me at all what you choose to do. It's between you and Jesus. It's in your relationship with the Lord. I hope that you have spent some time thinking and praying about what Jesus would want you to fast, as opposed to just kind of going through a random Rolodex of, I may do this or do that. Okay, it's between you and Jesus. I don't care what you do. Number two, feel free to mix up your fast. Okay, you can do 21 days of the same thing, or you can do three different weeks of seven days of different things. Okay, you can get creative with it. And number, number three, if you fail to keep your fast for all 21 days, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, okay? So many of us, we have such a desire to stay committed and stay faithful through the whole thing, but sometimes we trip up and we fall, we fall down. It's okay. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus in this fast. If you fall down, you make a mistake, dust yourself up, pick yourself back up again. Number four, what you fast is not as important as spending time with him. We are not committing ourselves to just 21 days of depriving ourselves of something. If we are not taking what we're depriving ourselves from and filling it with something else, it's such a religious exercise. It's just, it's just a religious practice. Okay, We have to understand that as, as the song said, I just want you, I hope by the end of 21 days, you just want him more. But if you don't spend time with him, and you, here's, here's why uh, spending time with Jesus while you are depriving yourself of something matters. Because if all you're doing is depriving yourself, where will your focus be? It'll be on, don't pick up my phone, don't pick up my phone, don't pick up my phone, don't pick up my phone. And you will begin to detest the fast because you're not feasting on him. Fasting is a feast in a different place. It's feasting on God.
Okay, so what you fast is not as important as spending time with him. The focus of your fast should not be what on, on what you're depriving yourself, but who you're spending time with. Is that clear? If it's clear, say amen. amen. Okay. Now, some of you may be wondering, why are we doing 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year? So to answer this question, I want to tell you five reasons why we're not doing it. Number one, because we all had way too many sweets in December, and it's time for a detox. Okay? We're not fasting because, and look, there was a week in my house where there was cookies on every countertop. I felt like I was swimming in cookies. I could have cookies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and a midnight snack. We're not fasting to detox from sugar overload in December. That's not why we're doing it. Number two, here's another reason why we're not doing it. Because we did it last year. We're not doing it just because we did it last year. Okay? I, I know that I know that it can feel like that, but I feel like we need to remind ourselves of why it matters now. Number three, we're not doing it because other churches are doing it. There are so many churches in January that do 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's a trend. I'm aware of that, but we're not doing it to keep up with the spiritual Joneses. It's not like, hey, okay, well, what are they doing? Well, let's just do what they're doing. We're not doing it for that reason. Because if we're doing it because everyone else is doing it, it will bear no fruit. We're not trying to keep up with other churches. Okay, so we're not doing it because other places are doing it. Let me just tell you this. If you don't know today why you personally are doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, then don't start until you do. Okay, let's break off the religion of the 21 days. I don't care if you fast faithfully for five days or 10 days or all 21. I hope you know why you're doing it. Don't start until you know why. Even if it means that, oh, some of you guys were like, I thought I was going to do this. Now I need to, I don't care. Take a couple days to pray. Be faithful whatever the stretch is. We're not fasting because we hate ourselves. We're not fasting so that we can demonstrate how spiritual we are and what we're depriving ourselves of. Because it's not about that. Okay? We are not fasting for something. We're fasting to someone. That's what fasting is about. It's about fasting unto Jesus. Not just fasting from something or fasting for something. And lastly, we are not fasting because we are religious and trying to please God with our own efforts. Because let me remind you, from the beginning of your faith journey to the end, it is by grace that you are saved. Not by works so that nobody can boast. It's not about effort and striving. It's about what you choose to do and who you chose, choose to focus on and the fruit that comes out of that. It's not, these, are not, these are the reasons why we're not doing it. So then, why 21 days of prayer and fasting? Number one, we're tithing the beginning of our year to Jesus. I see fasting as a tithe. 
We know, in, we know in scripture that tithing originally was that you would take a, a 10% or a percentage of your, your first fruits from any harvest and you would bring it to the temple or you would bring it before God and that was your tithe. I see 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of a year as the tithe of our time, energy, and focus to Jesus. It's a tithe. It's a, it, it's a type of tithe. And we're not going to get caught up on 21 days because, well, technically 21 is not 10% of a year, but it doesn't matter. It's a tithe at the beginning of our time. And here's why it matters to me personally. Because January is one of the most ambitious months of the year. It's a year where everybody is focused on what they're going to do differently, the changes that they're going to make, the resolutions. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get myself right. I'm going to uh, get my finances in order. And all of those things are so incredible and they're so amazing. But I see 21 days of prayer and fasting as pushing back personal ambition and saying, God, in the middle of a month where every single person has all of these aspirations and ambitions, I'm saying I still want you. I want you right up front. I'm not about, I'm not about attaining my ambitions and achievements. I'm still keeping this year about you. So we're tithing the beginning of our year to Jesus to show him that it's still about him. That we're not going to, we know this because resolutions take effort. They take time. We, we, we go to the gym and then we miss out on our devotional time. This is still about you, Jesus. We're, so we're fasting the front portion of our time to him. I shared this quote last year, but I want to share it again because I thought it was so meaningful. C.S. Lewis said this about our days, and I would say this is the same truth applies to the beginning of our year. He said this about his days, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals in the morning. I would say the beginning of the year can be like that. And the first job each morning or the first job at the beginning of your year, listen, is to push back them all, to shove them all back and listen to that other voice. Take that other point of view. Let that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. That's so good. I love that quote. So it reminds me of the story of Elijah when Jesus did, God did not appear in the fire and in the storm and the wind, but it was a still, small voice. But let that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And this is what God does when you promise to seek him first. We see in Matthew 6, 31 through 33, says, do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what we will wear for the Gentiles? Eagerly seek all of these things. Your heavenly Father already knows in verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, 
and all these things will be added to you. Let me tell you, it's one or the other. It's seeking first his kingdom or it's seeking all of these things. But I'm telling you that you will be healthier. You will prosper more by seeking him first than seeking all of those other things. As John said, beloved, I pray that you would prosper in every way, even as your soul prospers. Can you really be prosperous and healthy if your soul's not in a good place? So in a way, we're fasting as a detox, not from sugar, but from all of the distractions that prevent Jesus from being first. And as we seek first him, then all of those things get added. They are in overflow of the blessing of keeping him first. We're tithing the beginning of our year. Number two, why are we tithing? Because Jesus said a day would come when we would. Matthew chapter 9, verse 15. Pastor Dwight already brought this up in Matthew 6, verse 16. Jesus said, not if you fast, but he said when you fast. Okay, but now we go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? He said this, he was answering a response from John's disciples who were, or, or, or it was either John's disciples or it was another group that was observing John's disciples and all of the fasting that they were doing. And they came to Jesus and said, why are your disciples not fasting? Okay, and this is his response. Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. So you know where we are right now? We're between when Jesus first came and when he's going to come again. That's fasting time. <laughs> between his first advent and his second advent is a fasting season. He said, but the time will come when they will fast. So Jesus said that we would fast. So we fast to tithe the beginning of our year to Jesus. We fast because Jesus said that we would. And we also fast because fasting unto Jesus does something that other things can't. Fasting breaks strongholds. Fasting sets pre people free and fasting brings the power of God into the world. How do I know that? Because that's what Jesus did before he entered into his ministry on the earth. Jesus brought the kingdom of heaven into the world off of a 40-day fast. And let me just give you some encouragement. If you think that fasting is just a, a, a mental thing or it's just a, it's a, its origin is a human idea. Who led Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting? The Spirit. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting. I want you to see this in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says, then Jesus was led up 
by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, we know that temptation existed during these 40 days, but it was a 40-day fast. Be prepared that temptation will exist on your 21 days of fasting. Okay? It will be amazing, the strategy of the devil, at what just freely gets presented right in front of you when you're fasting. All of the resources that just come flowing your way. You fast desserts and then someone just knocks on your door. A neighbor's like, I made chocolate chip cookies and I just thought of you. Get behind me, Satan. He was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. Now watch this, Luke 4.1. Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. So Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit, and it also says he was led around the wilderness by the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit obviously didn't abandon him. And lastly, verse 14, and Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. Jesus was led by the Spirit into a time of fasting. He was led by the Spirit during the fast, and he was led out of the fast by the power of the Holy Spirit. My prayer for all of us is the same thing, that we would be led in, led around, and then led out by the power of the Holy Spirit. That there would be such a surge of spiritual passion and power that comes through your life at the end of these 21 days. I don't know about you, but I remember last year's 21 days, and I remember in this room there was a different level of hunger. And it's simply because the Spirit of God inside of us was not suppressed and pushed down by the other things in our life that so easily can take his place. You know, it's interesting. If you talk to uh, just people in the world, um, we are body, soul, and spirit. We're body, soul, and spirit. It's interesting that, that in the body of Christ, it's actually spirit, soul, and body. It is the exact opposite of how the world sees a human being. And what happens is just in the course of time, what happens is that the spirit no longer truly has its place. And the order gets mixed up. And the spirit of God gets suppressed in you. And a time of fasting gets the order back and right. Okay, so Jesus was led by the Spirit into the time. He was led in the, the fast by the Spirit, and then he was led out by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I would argue and suggest that had he not been obedient to the Holy Spirit leading him into a time of fasting, he would not have had the power that he had to come out and subdue and exercise dominion and authority over every single demonic thing that he faced. That time supplied him with the power. It even got Jesus aligned right. It got the order right. 
Fasting breaks strongholds, fasting sets people free, and fasting brings the power of God into the world. Here's another thing about fasting. Fasting even changes history. John Wesley shares this story. When the British islands stood on the brink of a French invasion in the run-up to the Seven Years' War, King George II did something remarkable. He proclaimed a day of prayer and fasting in which he called his whole nation to petition God for deliverance. John Wesley records in his journal on Friday the 6th, February 1756, that the fast day was a glorious day, such as London had scarce seen since the Restoration. Every church in the city was more than full, and there was a seriousness that sat on everybody's face. Surely God was hearing prayer, and there was a lengthening of our peace. John Wesley was right. The French invasion was avoided, and Britain would go on to win the war. A day of fasting. Abraham Lincoln called the nation to fast at three different moments in the hopes of ending the Civil War and ridding America of the curse of slavery. When we fast, we're declaring, God, it's all on you. We're not turning to the other things. We're holding on to him and asking him to move. Lastly, we fast because fasting unto Jesus does something that other things can't, and because of that, fasting is a missing ingredient of breakthrough. It's a missing ingredient. My wife, in November of 2020, it was Thanksgiving, and I think at that time, our whole family was sick. Or there was people in the extended family that were sick, so we decided to stay at home and kind of, you know, quarantine or avoid, you know, everyone getting sick. And so we're at home, and Allison is an amazing baker, an amazing cook. And so for Thanksgiving, naturally, she was like, hey, we're going to do a pumpkin pie. And I was like, fantastic. I was so excited for the pie. I was looking forward to the pie. My inner fat kid was just waiting and expecting this pie. I could not wait. And so later, the pie was ready. The pie was done. And uh, Dwight and Tammy happened to come over and to taste the pie. It was like Tammy was like, I want to give you my approval, you know, whether it's good or not. So I will never forget sitting down, and I got my, 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 my piece, and I got my whipped cream, and Tammy's got her piece and whipped cream, and I'll never forget looking at Tammy when she first took a bite. She takes a bite, puts it in her mouth, and she goes, I'll never forget. She was like, hmm. She thought it was just that piece. She took another piece. Another, huh. And I see her reaction, and then I take mine, and I'm like, huh. This tastes a lot like pumpkin, but no sweetness at all. There was a missing ingredient. Allison totally forgot any and all sugar. This was the healthiest pumpkin pie 
you could ever have. <laughs> so I ate it like a good husband and said, this is fantastic. I ate it like I was on a mission trip. <laughs> it's great. So good. We don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> but there was a missing ingredient. You ever wonder if the reason why you're not getting the breakthrough that you want, or the reason why you feel like you're in a spiritual desert, the reason why your relationship with God seems dry, maybe it's because you're lacking the missing ingredient. This is what fasting is, and we see this when we go back to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, if I could see those again, Jesus is with the disciples and they could not drive out this demon from this young boy. And so they had the authority, they had the commissioning, but Jesus says, bring the boy to me. He sets the, the boy free. They come to him privately and they say, why couldn't we drive the, the, the demon out? And Jesus says, hey, listen, it's a faith problem. But let me just tell you a couple, uh, two things that are connected to that. Jesus identifies two problems in Matthew chapter 17. You remember what he said to the crowd? He said, oh, unbelieving and, say it again, perverse generation. How long will I have to deal with you? You know what unbelieving is? That's simply the fact that you're not connected to God enough. You know what perverse is? That's too connected to the world. So Jesus identifies the two problems which are the cause of why the demon was not driven out. You don't have enough faith because you're simply not connected enough to God. Do you know how my faith grows? Pressing in. There comes a point every single time that I set aside times of prayer to press into God. I, I experience a shift in the prayer time. I may start out praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. I may offer up a couple of different things that are on my heart, but there comes a moment where there's a shift in my heart where I start to believe things that I never, I did not believe before. My faith increases based on the proximity that I have to Jesus because nothing will be impossible but you got to connect to him. What was the other problem? They were too connected to the world. When you're too connected to the world, there's a contamination that prevents the authority and the anointing that is in you because Jesus, Jesus who is greater in you, that, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, he's inside of you, it's there. But when you disconnect from the world, that brings a contamination to that that's when the anointing can flow. Why do we, Pastor Dwight, I know this, how many times where you take a team on a mission trip is there times of fasting and there's times of prayer. And I'm telling you, it, it, it moves, removes every obstacle and opposition that, that you're confronted with on a trip. Okay? Missing ingredient. So what does Jesus say is the solution to why the demon cannot be driven out? This kind only comes out by not just prayer, 
but also fasting. <laughs> hey, you got the pumpkin, but you ain't got the sugar. We can pray. Let me tell you, we all pray. We all pray, but we experience differing results with prayer. But if you add the missing ingredient, there is a power and an authority that is exercised and demonstrated because you've got both of the ingredients necessary for breakthrough. Jesus said, you guys have prayed, but have you fasted? You, you, I know you pray. I taught you the Lord's Prayer, but have you fasted? Because I know firsthand that the only way I was able to establish the kingdom of God on the earth is by spending 40 days pressing into God with prayer and fasting so that I could get the order right. I'm led by the Spirit, and now I've got the power. Breakthrough happens when you've got both. When prayer isn't changing anything, might I suggest to add the missing ingredient and see what happens. So we are fasting to tithe the beginning of our year to Jesus. We are fasting because Jesus said the time would come for it. We are fasting because fasting does what other things can't. And here's the last one. We're fasting forward for the future of Redeemer's Church. I don't want to be the type of person that fasts in reaction to calamity. I want to be the type of person that fasts so that in the future, the calamity doesn't even exist. Because I have pushed through the opposition that could present itself in the future by doing it before it even existed. So we are fasting forward for the future of Redeemer's Church. Okay, I want to I end with this. We're going to corporately pray, but, pray, but I want to end with this. Because this is the scripture that God has given me over and over and over again for this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Every single day, multiple times throughout the day, it's just come over across, just across my radar. Joshua 3. In Joshua chapter 3, they are about to cross the Jordan into the promised land. And in Joshua chapter 3, Verse 5, under the unction of the Lord, Joshua says to the people, I love this, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. You know what consecration is? It's a huge, fancy, big word for set yourself apart. Set yourself apart. That's what 21 days of prayer and fasting is. It is setting the beginning of your year apart for God. For the purposes of God. He says today consecrate yourselves. Set yourself apart. Pray. Fast. Get your mind. Your heart and your spirit ready. For what's going to take place tomorrow. But watch what else Joshua says. In Joshua 3.5 it says. He says to the people. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow. Say tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. It is a promise off of the consecration. When you consecrate yourselves, when you set yourself apart, 
in your future, will you have opposition? Yes, you will. But I can promise you that tomorrow, if you would consecrate yourself today, the Lord will do wonders among you. What wonders are waiting in our future as we fast forward? As we consecrate ourselves today, no one knows what 2024 is going to bring. We don't know. And we know this on a practical basis. It's an election year, so things might just get crazy. Am I wrong? It just seems like things to just always, it's like, it's like everything, it's like every crazy thing that could happen, people wait in a four-year cycle. It's like, let's just wait till the next election. We don't know what's coming, but I don't really even care. Because this tells me if I consecrate myself today, tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. It does not matter what is coming. If we fast forward, God promises tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. All of those things that are rev resolution, all of those things on the front end of a year, all of your ambitions and aspirations that you have been running for and fighting for and striving for and committing the year to, if you set him first and seek him first and you consecrate yourself tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. So my expectation is that as we put him first, he will be as faithful to Joshua or to us as he was to Joshua, and that there will be wonders that we will see as we consecrate ourselves. Will you just stand with me this, this morning? I want you to grab someone else's hand, and we're going to just pray this together. Find somebody, grab somebody's hand. I want to encourage you that today, if you have second-guessed what you're fasting, there's no shame. If you're in the message, you're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to fast anymore. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Seek the Lord and start it when you know why. So, Father, over this room that represents souls and history and people and future, God, I pray as we consecrate ourselves, standing on the banks of our Jordan, of Redeemer's Jordan River, and we prepare our hearts for what 2024 will bring. I pray, God, that as we consecrate ourselves, God, I know that you are behind us, you are beside us, you are before us, and God, I thank you that in the tomorrows to come, in the tomorrows of this week, in the next week, in the months to come, Lord, you will do wonders, not just in our corporate gatherings, but you'll do wonders in the people in this room. God, that you will demonstrate your faithfulness in a fresh way. I pray for fire. I pray for passion. I pray for hunger. I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead them in, lead them around, and then lead them out with a power that they had not had before, Lord. So God, we're saying as Redeemer's Church, we are setting this time aside. We are consecrating ourselves. We are putting you 
first, at the first of the year, and saying, have your way in us and through us. Break what needs to, be, to break. Shape what needs to shape. Shake what needs to shake. Transform what needs to be transformed, God. Use us, move through us, break us down and rebuild us, God, so that you can have your way in and through us, Lord. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. We hope you were challenged, encouraged, and inspired as you listened to this teaching from God's Word. For more messages or information about our church, please go to www.redeemers.life.